I speak from my experience in high school, which I've t- talked about before, is I so I kept looking around and I looked around to make decisions and it's actually about pausing, like closing your eyes and looking within and listening to like what feels right for you. And I think it's it's shifting shifting that comparison mentality and looking within and spending more time with yourself. I think that's like my number one piece of advice, just spending more time with yourself. In 1837, Horace Mann created the education system, a system at the time designed to pump out factory workers and professors, the same system that is still being used today in the 21st century. Now, Mann's system is backfiring. We are being molded by the same industrial system that has existed for close to 200 years. That system delivers us into a digital economy that has no need of our outdated skills. This isn't our teacher's fault. This isn't the government's fault. This is due to a rapidly changing world full of technology and unforeseen circumstances. And us Gen Zs are caught in the middle. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast, the podcast for stressed, overwhelmed young Australians, teaching you practical life skills you can implement now to set yourself up in life. And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mandy Dante. Mandy is the CEO and founder of Flourish Girl. Mandy is an ex-speech pathologist, TEDx speaker, and Australian-accredited facilitator. To date, Mandy has worked with over 4,000 young people across Australia. Her passion originated from being a speech pathologist, where she empowered children with a range of communication disorders to find their voice. Towards the end of 2016, she found that the rate of depression, anxiety, and eating disorders amongst teenage girls was on a rise, and it was in that moment that she shifted her passion and focus towards giving teenage girls a voice. So her beliefs and her company are super aligned with what the show is all about. And today we get into a great conversation about what she is seeing with young girls at school, mental illnesses and the pressure these girls are dealing with. We go into what she covers in her programs. Her, she does a one-day workshop for young girls at schools, uh, the games they do, the exercises and the activities they run. We talk about her affirmations, spending time with yourself, some difficulties women face in the workforce and so much more. Mandy is amazing and I highly recommend you guys go follow her on Instagram to stay up to date with what she is doing. I should quickly let you know that the microphone audio got a little corrupted about 10 minutes in and I switched to the camera audio, which still sounds fine in my opinion and you get used to it in about 10 seconds, but the microphone audio kicks back in at around about the 25 minute mark. It's a great conversation and rather than cut out that kind of 10 minute section, I figured I'd leave it in and use my backup audio. So really sorry about that. As per usual, please DM me on Instagram if you're enjoying the show. Let me know what you've gotten out of it. Feel free to DM Mandy as well. Her link will be in the description of this episode and make sure to follow along on TikTok and Instagram. Now, over to Mandy. Mandy, welcome so much to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. So you are the founder of Flourish Girl, which is a company that works with young women. Obviously, really aligns with kind of what I do with the podcast. Um, But before we get into your story about that, I'd love to know what you did after high school and just what you're currently up to and everything in between. Yeah, gosh. Um, Well, after high school, so I went to an all-girls high school in Sydney. I personally loved high school, but I think, you know, looking back, and I mean, this will be part of my story of Flourish Girl, um, you know, I think I survived high school, but I didn't necessarily thrive. Mm. I didn't really give it my all in high school. Um, So I think it was so funny because we ran a program at my um, old school actually last week and I was talking about how I got to year 12 and I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, I've been told that you go from school to uni and then you work in that one career for your whole life. Then you retire. That's your your life. And then, you know, you get married, have kids, et cetera, et cetera. Buy a house, buy a car. That's it. That's it. So for me, I remember in year 12 when we had to put our preferences in for uni, I was like literally going around to my friends. And I was like, hey, what do you think I should do? Like, and I was asking other people, and mm. some people were saying, you should be a nurse because you're so caring. I'm like, huh, interesting. Isn't it crazy? That's such a, like, such a big decision on like a tiny, it's like, I know. You can't just make a decision that easily. Yes, so much pressure. But anyway, so I just kind of, you know, I kind of just threw stuff out there. I put like pharmacy, I put um, radiography and speech pathology down, and mm-hmm. ended up getting into speech pathology. So went straight into uni the next year. Um, I went to University of Sydney, did a Bachelor of Applied Science in speech pathology, mm-hmm. then um, did that for four years, and then um, graduated. And how was that? Did you enjoy that? 
It was good. Honestly, like it was really hard to get back into studying after finishing year 12. And you had that big break. Like, you like, yeah, four months off or something. Yeah, four months off. Yeah. And it's like, I came back to uni first, like first semester. I'm like, I forgot how to study. And I was mm. just like, not motivated, just kind of winging it. Um, I actually ended up failing one of my first subjects and I mm. freaked out because it was a scary lecturer. Uh, but I ended up getting it remarked and passed by two marks. I was like, thank you, God. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a weird one. I think it took me a good two years to adjust. It's a four year course. Yeah. Um, it took me two years to really get into it because it's how they do it is the first two years is all theory and then it starts to ramp up in practical. Two years of theory. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, intense. the first year is like 100% theory. Year two is like, I think there's like 20% prac, 80% theory. And then it starts to get bigger and bigger. Mm. But I think, honestly, I, I really enjoyed third and fourth year. I think I liked that people connection. I loved seeing kids. And because we did um, children placements with kids and we also yeah. did placements for adults. And I, I cool. always loved working with kids because like they're receptive. They're like more willing to like grow. It's a family. I loved that. So I genuinely enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then I worked in that for two years. And again, I loved it. I loved working with families. I I think Mm. I always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, which is weird because I didn't study business studies or anything at school. Um, And then I I had like part-time, I developed my mobile speech therapy service. So I went out to Singleton. I don't know if you know a Singleton. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went out there and did like... um, I provided services there and assessments for like once a fortnight. And then I also worked part-time in a clinic. So um, in, in Sydney and um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think the catalyst was when I was punching away at an assessment report at um, a private speech pathology practice I worked at um, in Dural. And um, yeah, I remember just overhearing a conversation in the back room and it was with my colleagues and they were discussing the latest research article by Speech Pathology Australia, which is the association where all the research comes out. Mm. And it was in that moment where I was like, wow, I'm not that passionate. Like, I'm not as passionate as they are. And it wasn't like a comparison thing. It was just a realization for me. And then I think, um, it, it, I think I just in mid 2016 was a lot of questioning for me because at that same time, I started to, I started an Instagram account called 20 something, which was, um, now Flourish Girl. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was just really passionate about empowering and is, is young this women. Like you were still working in your speech pathology and this was like a side hustle. Yeah. I feel like this is how so many businesses kind of start. Yes. They just start off on the side. I'll just do this on the side. And yes. over a year, it like picks up and then they go, Oh, maybe this is. I'm actually, I, I notice whenever I'm yeah. working on this, I'm really excited. And yeah. whenever I'm in my job, I'm like, I just want to go back to working on this. Yes, a hundred percent. That's exactly how it started. It was just like, I was just posting like vlogs, blogs, like just posting on Instagram and I loved it. And I think I just kind of got to a point where I was like, oh, I really want to, I want to just keep doing this. I don't know what it looks like, but I was just kind of following, you know, kind of what my husband and I, we were, like, he always says, like, following the music mm. within and listening to the music within. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really, um, I want to, like, listen to this. And I think it took a lot of praying because I'm a Christian or, like, talking with people and just, mm. like, having conversations around, okay, what will this look like? Because for me, no one else was doing this. Like, none of my friends, um, you know, they're all, like, pretty stable and happy in their jobs. And I was like, this is but tricky. There's a question. Were they happy and were they stable? Like, yeah. I think that's the problem that we're facing with with social media it's like everyone is stable and happy according to instagram but the statistics show like Mm. the average australian spends 103 percent of their income really yeah so the average australian is spending 103 percent of their income i never heard of that stuff yeah it's crazy so obviously that means people are getting into debt yeah so they're not even most people don't even have a good saving strategy and stuff like that so it's like while they might look stable they often have debt or they might not be happy and so obviously a lot of people are yeah but i think that's a very difficult thing we get caught up in is Mm. comparison and we're often comparing people that aren't even what we think they are yes and so we'll be like, oh, do I do I leave my job? No one else is doing it. Yeah. It's like, and then when you leave your job, they might be going, oh my gosh, she she actually that's what I want to do. Yeah. And that's so it's it. like, who knows what's going? You've just got to focus on your own life. I yes. think that's the key. Hundred percent. And something that um a lot of our friends say um say is like we talk about leading by example, and I think it's come up a lot, especially when you know what. I've learned is like, you know, you can't facilitate your family. Your family's your family. You're like, for me, I'm like the daughter, I'm the sister. I'm not the founder CEO of Flourish Girl. Mm -hmm. I'm not the facilitator. And the best way that I've learned and also through my other friends um, is leading by example and just 
you know, just taking that hat off and just doing what you need to do and then just seeing what magic and fruits that come from that as well. So Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so that's awesome. So that was a catalyst yes. for you to start Flourish Girl. Mm-hmm. And now here you are in 2020. Here we are, 2020. What is Flourish Girl? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Flourish Girl is a non-for-profit that delivers preventative mental health oh, programs. Yeah, oh, cool, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So we recently registered as a non-for-profit as of March this year. So it's very yeah. exciting. I looked um, into non-for-profits and I had a lot of like... Um, politics and just difficult mm. there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of stuff to there's do with it there's a lot of yeah. paperwork yep there is a lot of paperwork um and we're very blessed we have um, amazing lawyers Colin Wilcox lawyers in Melbourne who are really helping us out um and it's been a long process um, mm. to be honest like we're our next step is to get charity status and that's taking a lot longer than I thought but yeah. I've got an incredible board that's like so supportive they're like yep we'll get it no worries and I'm like okay cool all right if they're not stressed then I don't need to be yeah, stressed yeah. <laughs> but um yeah so yeah we're a not-for-profit right now and yeah, we deliver preventative mental health programs for teenage girls um, in, in Victoria um, and also obviously across Australia is the next mm. step. So, yeah, that's kind of our main gig. Awesome. And yeah. so what's, I guess, first of all, why? Like, why do you think this is important? Mm. Like, why do you need to be facilitating these programs for young women? Mm. And then we'll go into, I guess, what do you guys actually do? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the why kind of stemmed back from high school for me. I think um, I, we were chatting a bit before and how, for me, in high school, went to all girls private school and I think for me, I, um, you know, I was a happy, friendly girl that got along with everyone. Mm. But um, I think what people didn't realise was, just how much I struggled a lot. And it wasn't that it was so much mental health. It was more I was stressed out. Like I bottled up a lot, you know. I, I was insecure about my my legs. Like mm. swimming was a compulsory thing for us. And I remember we had rashies mm. on top of our swimmers and I would pull my rashie down past That's my knees because yeah. I just hated my legs. I didn't want anyone to see it. Um, you know, I was stressed out about exams and I literally had a conversation with my husband just before and I was just talking about maths. It was tough for me, but like, mm. I just didn't talk about it with anyone. And, you know, I wanted to be liked by everyone. So that meant that I might not have necessarily done or said what I wanted to do. Like, I use this example all the time with girls when we're in workshops is we had this thing called Rocker Stanford back in school. I don't know if you remember it, but it was like a lot of schools would, um, uh, like they would compete to dance and, you know, it's dancing competition. I love dancing, but mm. I didn't try out because I was scared that I wouldn't get in. And then yeah. that's been like one of my biggest regrets because I wanted to do something, but I allowed the opinion, the judgments of others. And like it hadn't even happened yet, but mm. I allowed that to shape my decision. So I was I was the same. I didn't try out for school captain yeah. because I knew, I just knew I wouldn't get in. Even yes. though I think I would have made a great school captain yeah, just because I wasn't high enough in, in the social chain. What yeah, do you want to call the it, social right? hierarchy, and, yes. Man, and look, I was actually best friends with basically every single captain. Mm. So I'm not trying to look down at them or anything, mm. but they got voted in because they were quite popular. I was yes. liked. Not because they were the best leaders or the best people that were going to yeah. implement stuff. Yeah. And I ended up doing heaps of work with the captains anyway. Because I was like, once again, I was like best friends with them. Yeah. And so I was stoked they got in. But I guess I look back now, I'm like, I didn't even try out. Yeah. Because I knew I wouldn't get in. Yeah. And I think I should have tried out. I don't think I would have got in. Yeah. But, you know, that's kind of that same thing. 100%. 100%. And I think, like, you know, from my lived experience as a teen girl and, you know, seeing girls in my U level really struggle, you know, Mm. really struggled, but no one was having a conversation. Like, I remember overhearing... Um, a conversation about like some girls are having crazy diets, like eating an apple a day, or oh, just an apple a day. Yeah, because some girls were like losing weight dramatically. Um, I remember like in year seven, there was. I remember girls would there was girls would come to school with bandages on their wrists from self harming, mm, yeah. but like I never understood it. I didn't get it, but you know, I just kind of it was just an unsaid conversation. And when was this? When were you in high school? Um, so I graduated in 2009. Okay. So, I just think this has gotten worse Mm, in my opinion. And from what I'm seeing and what other people are saying, like mental health has gotten worse for young people. And so I think this is even more heightened. Everything you're saying, scared about your legs. That means everything on social media now or anything physical about you that you're insecure about. Yeah. Like it just gets heightened. Yeah. What we're going through. And I think as well, like, it's, it's such a mixed game on social media because there are incredible, um, you know, body image advocates, mm. like women who are just, you know, really um, champion the message of like, you know, loving yourself. But yeah. And I think that's great and things are changing. And it's, you know, I think there's still a reality that girls are 
looking at other girls' bodies and picking it apart and wishing it could be a certain way. So um, it's important to also acknowledge mm. that that's still around as well. So hundred yeah. percent. I think it's I think it's actually a trend right now is for mm. kind of women showing off their bodies that are insecure about or aren't perfect, which yeah. is great to see. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's taken ten years of social media to kind of get to this point. Yeah, and as you mentioned, there's still a lot of what we were saying before. Yeah. Um, so that's a why. Mm. Now I wanted to go into like what do you guys actually do? Yeah. So you get sure. a bunch of girls in the room. What do you guys do with them? Yeah, so we have a lot of different programs we offer, but like our biggest, um, probably the most in demand is our full day flourish girl program. So they're called Nourish to Flourish School programs. Um, so what that usually looks like is schools block out a full day um, and we work with, I mean, the numbers vary from like, 40 to like 200 like it really varies um but we um have a, a team of incredibly talented inspiring female facilitators in melbourne and um you know they really um speak to each and every kind of girl which was mm. really the aim of you know bringing these women together so we have a team of over 25 facilitators in melbourne right now and what this looks like is a few of them will come into a school and we'll just facilitate really um intimate conversations and Really, we just make it cool and relatable to kind of talk about what they're going through and know that it's okay. And, um, yeah, we kind of just follow the magic in the day. So um, for us, you know, usually a standard a number we cap at is around 40 to 50 girls. Okay, yeah. Um, and if we have more, we just run heaps simultaneously. But mm. um, we just create a safe space for girls to talk. So we... Um, you know, in the morning, it's all around like loosening them up. You know, uh, we always show them that we're not here to teach or preach to them. We're here to just have a chat and a conversation. So really getting down to their level. And, you know, we as facilitators, our facilitators share amazing stories of what life was like for them when they're a teen girl. Um, you know, we give girls the opportunity to check in with one another. We mm-hmm. give them a, a tool and a guide to do that. Um, and a lot of schools love that because they can take that and use that ongoing in home groups or connect groups like before school. Um, and, you know, we get girls to share, you know, what are some of the biggest things that hold you back? And it's really a very beautiful and raw part of our programs. We kind of take them like through a dip and take them out. Um, and that's a bit where girls get to experience a lived experience of empathy because they mm. realize, oh, wow, I didn't know Sally was going through that. Right, and they could be the best friend. Could it could be, be, could friend. be someone who's really close to. Yeah, exactly. And we ran, um, and I'm, I mean, this is to do with 2020, like we ran a few online programs this year. Um, and we ran one actually in a Sydney school um, early this year. And it was just a small group, like 12 year 11 girls in a mentor group. And one girl was sharing, like, she just broke down crying. She's like, yeah, I'm really struggling because I want to see my grandma, but we can't. Mm. And her best friend turned to her. She's like, wow, I didn't know you were going through that. And, like, we chat all the time. So, you know, girls are learning more about their closest friends. Girls are learning about girls they don't even talk to. And I think the most beautiful thing is that they create that themselves. Like, we always say it takes that one girl to step out and courage to share. Like, what are the things that you're judging yourself Mm. for or – yeah, what's that narrative? And I think from there we take them out in an empowering way because we really show them the power of community over competition. And we're like, hey, yeah. okay, we get we're all going through stuff. We're going to continue to go through stuff. How do we create a toolbox moving forward? So mm. we have a section where we get them to create their own toolbox, being like, okay, what do I do next time when life gets crap or I'm hit with a roadblock? What do I do? And um, it will. And it will. Because exactly. I think people have this mindset. It's like, um, oh, if, if, if something happens... Something's going to happen. Yes. That's how life works. Yes. It's going to be ups and downs. Yeah. It's going to be really good one day and the next day it's going to be down. Yeah. And you've got to prepare for that. Yeah. And that's resilience. Yes. You know, building that mental toughness and that, yeah. you know, that thick skin that that's I feel it. like our generation is quite lacking. Yeah. And I think for me, like I always speak from my experience and that's like our number one philosophy at Flourish Girl is that, again, we're not telling them how to be. We're just speaking from our experience. And I think um, for us, we personally, like for me, I – always tell them like, Hey, look, you know, I'm 28 and I still struggle with this. Like Mm. that inner critical voice, I still have it. And it's all around the power of choice and how you choose to show up. Cause it's like, I always say, it's like, you're going down a path in life. You're going to hit by a roadblock, block, block, roadblock. And there's like, it's a fork in a road. So one way you can give in to the judgments you're saying to yourself, or you can hear the inner, like the inner critical voices and still choose to do it anyways. Mm. And I think, 
I think for me that's probably our biggest point of difference with Flourish Girl is that we make it relatable, we make it real, and girls smell the authenticity. They yeah. know when it's like this fluffy, you are worthy, you are powerful, look right. in your eyes. Right, like self-development like, kind yeah, of for just sure. motivational. Yes. You know. It's something, and then I think that's the bit that's missing because people don't talk about, yes, it's important to have positive affirmations. There is power in affirmations, I believe that, and it's also there's power in recognising that, there's going to be moments where you're not feeling like that because, and it's, and that's okay because girls create another pressure that they're like, oh, I'm not there. And then that's another judgment that they put on themselves. So mm. it's like this unwinnable game. So, um, yeah, so it's just really powerful. I love, I love our programs, but I'm yeah. biased. But, um, no, it sounds amazing. And yeah. I think the important thing is just facilitating an environment with people because you mentioned the girls do it themselves. Yes. You, and all it takes is one. Yes. Like, there's a, I don't know if you've seen that, um, that video, he, a guy did a TED talk on it about this like drunk um, guy dancing at a festival. Oh my god, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. this guy gets up and he starts dancing yes. like crazy, and then and then he's just like, and then the second person gets up slowly, yeah. and then the third person gets up, and once you hit like critical mass, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, so once you've got like ten people up there, everyone who was kind of judging him but secretly wanted to go up, now they can get in there and not, they're not going to be the center of attention. Yes. So suddenly everyone flows in. Yes. It's just a huge mosh. That is exactly it. My my chair of Flourish Girl, Lil, she sent me that because um, yeah. she was running like a leadership workshop and she's like, this is the best video. I'm like, oh my God, it is. Yeah. Like we need to play that somewhere in a Flourish Girl workshop. But Yeah, do it. It's so you true. It it's, it's all takes us one. Yes. And on the flip side, you know, it can be a negative as well. Yeah. If you've got one person who's really bringing it down, they can yeah. really bring down a lot of other people. A hundred percent. So I think like young people understand that it just, you have a lot of power. Yes. Like if being the first person to do mm-hmm. it or stepping out. Yeah. Um, like if you're the first person to start dancing and is that, 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 that example, yes. you know, or if you're the first person to open up, the first person to cry when he's workshops, the first person to whatever. Yes. Facilitate, facilitate an important conversation with your friends. Yeah. If you start having these conversations, they might have to start having it with you and then your whole friend group's having those conversations and it can kind of skyrocket, like not skyrocket, but like multiply. A hundred percent. And it's so funny you say that because we actually have a section in our programs called the dancing challenge. So oh, really? we get, we get one yeah. girl having to nominate themselves and dance in the middle of the circle for a whole minute. Oh my gosh. And Oof. it's so funny. Like it's so funny because everyone's just like, <gasps> they, they don't expect it. They have no idea what's coming mm. when it comes to a flourish girl workshop. And this one, this is last week, one beautiful girl, um, she stood up and she did it and then she sat back down and like we just applauded her and we just acknowledged her for her courage and then I was like, so what, tell me, give me an insight to your thought process, like what got you to get up? She's like, honestly, I knew that if I went to bed at night and I didn't do that, I would regret it. Mm. And then it just shifted the room and then I saw her because then we opened it up again for someone else to do it and I could see her being like encouraging her friend, like, look, you should do it. I could see her doing like a side conversation, yeah, yeah. she was right next to her. And then a friend got up. And, again, it's like that she created the culture. And I think that is so powerful, especially mm-hmm. at that age where you want to look cool. Like, you want to look this cool. This is the I- biggest problem. <laughs> yeah. So I just told you I just went to this um, event yes. on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, 12 yeah. 12-hour days. Yeah. 12 out 9 to 9 Saturday, mm-hmm. 9 to 9 Sunday. Big days. Big and it's days. very, you don't know, a lot of these kids, their parents have just said, can you, I want you to go to this. And I've had, they've been forced along. Wow. And so many people, you can see that they're just trying to be cool. They don't want to, we do, do a lot of dancing at this sure. event. Yep. Like, you know, everyone's dancing. There's a lot of like really uncomfortable yes. stuff and that's good. But a lot of people just want to, you know, hold the image of being cool. And yep. as a result, they're the ones that aren't cool. Yes. Everyone looks at them and say, like, oh, shut up. Like, stop being, stop, yeah. take your hoodie off. Stop like mm-hmm. crouching over, trying to be cool and not speak and present. Like mm-hmm. everyone else is having a fun time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that is a big part of it, yeah. especially I've noticed it more in the private schools, um, like yeah. the higher up private schools. I've got kind of that culture. Yes, 100%. And I think even last week we had um, we were in a private school and um, there's a section at the end where we got girls to make commitments around like, you know, we recognize all the crap we go through. We recognize we all have stuff. What's one thing you'll do differently to become more of yourself? So we get girls to write it down on a post-it note. And what they didn't know was that they were going to stand up and share it with everyone. Wow, okay. And then everyone's like, oh, do we need to share it? I'm like, yeah. And then you could just tell some of the cool girls, they were, like, freaking out. And yeah. then what I noticed after I was cleaning up, after because I was one of the last sessions before we wrapped up, and I was cleaning up, like, the room, and I saw these Post-it notes, one Post-it note from around where the cool girls were sitting, and I picked it up and it said um, – this was her commitment, but she she didn't write it. I think she changed it. Yeah, when she realized. And it said, when she realized that she was going to share it, it said, um, don't allow my parents' opinion to get into my head. 
and she didn't use it in the wow, end. Why would she not use that? Well, again, it's the whole it's the whole mask thing. Like, and that's the thing with Flourish Girl is that girls are going to show up the way that they do, and that's what we what we always say. It's you know we provide the space, we provide the frame, but it it depends on you how you chose up or mm. show up. And so many girls like have the courage to really grow and step out of their comfort zone, and then some girls don't. And for us, that is beautiful and part of the process because we're all about the power. Of planting seeds and like even for that girl she would have planted that seed being like yeah i i held back Mm. there and that would have been a discovery for her um and we just allow that to be we're not there to force girls to speak we just allow them to show up the way they want and Mm. i think girls really respect that yeah and it's so important environment like we did um this i'm part of like a little retreat thing we did we're writing a book project i've spoken about a few times Mm. on the podcast nine of us and we just kind of we've written the book now Mm. and we just a little mini retreat um mm. afterwards and one of the exercises we did was a life graph where you just draw mm. your life your graph your life in a graph and you talk about the ups and downs Whoa. but then he got us to do a life graph in the past three months since we've seen each other wow. and we shared that with each other yeah and it was exactly what you said i've been in contact with all these people and every time i have with them we have great conversations yeah and we're fun yeah and some of these people had massive dips in their graph that mm. i had no idea about mm. and i was like dude i had no idea you had this huge dip like that'd be like this bang straight yes. off the retreat and then i'd kind of be back up and stuff yeah. and i was like I had absolutely no idea. And I yes. feel like we're really close. Yes. Yeah. And it's, and it's tough as well because people, when we open it up to the girls, being like, how does it feel to hear what some of the things these the girls in the circle are saying? They're like, wow, like I just, I never would have thought that. Like I don't want you to think that of yourself. But they also say like, but I get it. Like we're always harder on ourselves than we are to other people and we don't realise. And I think it's so important like you know our biggest thing girls get from workshops our workshops is they realize they're not alone and that they are committed to checking in with everyone Mm -hmm. like more whether they're friends with them whether they're not like they're like i'm happy like chat to me if you don't have a person like you don't have anyone to talk to i'm here for you Mm -hmm. because girls just realize like wow like it just brings the human um the human back into high school, which yeah. I think you just don't have when you're in high school. Yeah, and I think for me. Yeah. high school is very passive. Yeah. Like, it's very like, you know, often you'll talk to people you don't even like just because mm. that's kind of the environment you're mm-hmm. in. And I was actually like, right now I feel like I don't have any of those friends in my life that I don't mm. secretly dislike. Yeah. Like in high school you have so many of them. And I guess it's different because you are forced to go see these people every single day. Yes. And once you graduate, you've got a bit more freedom yeah. in terms of who you can actually hang out with. Yeah. But it's like you've just got to cut those people out or try and get past that and have a decent relationship with them. Yeah. Because it just eats away at you. It's 100%. And I think something I was actually talking to my mentor about this, Dr. Anna Rubenstein, he's like what people were not talking about is how to not like people well. Like getting that it's okay to it's okay to not gel with everyone. <laughs> you just pop your mind. Like, ah! um, but he was just like, we don't get taught that we don't have to be friends with everyone. Like yeah. It's okay to have someone else in the room that has different values, different likes to you, and you can still respect them. Mm. I think I'm like, wow. When he said that, I was like, wow, we don't have conversations around that. And, mm. like, it's important to have that. Um, it's that, it's, it's a lifelong skill. Yeah. Like, like, that's what you need when you get out into the real world. 100%. Mm. And it's that that I heard was if you have the mindset that one in ten people you meet will hate you. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. It's scary, but it's like, that's kind of what you can understand. Yeah. And by pleasing everyone, you'll please no one. 100%. You, and it's like, that's why you kind of niche down. So you work with young women. Yeah. You're not working with, um, you know, men and women aged from 15 to 50. Yeah. Because that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different. Yes. And that's why it's important to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, that niche. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Awesome. Yeah. And so what advice would you give to someone who hasn't attended your workshops, mm-hmm. but is listening now, guy or girl? It's like, what advice would you give to help, I guess, them facilitate the conversations or just in general advice, what would you give them to kind of start going mm-hmm. through the process of what you put your graduates through? Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest thing is knowing that whatever you're feeling or experiencing is that you're not alone in it. And I think it's one thing to feel something, but it's another thing to feel and act on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that, you know, like it could be simply having the courage to have a conversation with your friend. And I always tell girls in our workshopping, like, look, it might feel weird. It might feel clunky. It could be even like you go up to your friend and be like, hey, Byron, um, this sounds really weird, but... And I'm actually a bit nervous to share this because I'm scared you're going to judge me, but this is, I'm really struggling right now. Mm. And 
I think starting that conversation is huge. I think you having a space where you can share with your friends, hey, I'm not okay, is huge. And I and I get there's a world that gets created because girls, when they hear that from friends, they feel a pressure to need to fix or solve something, yeah. Um, which a lot of girls freak out about. You know, if a friend's crying in front of them, they're like, oh, my God, what do I do? Well, it's funny you say that. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't remember how I met your mother or just a story my mum told me. Yeah. But often um, when I'm um, in dating scenario, mm-hmm. when a girl comes to a guy, her boyfriend, yes. and she starts complaining and stuff, often the guy wants to fix it. Yes. But have more- you seen that? Have you seen the um, YouTube video with the the nail in the head? No, no. Oh, no. okay. I'll share everybody. You go. You go. Yeah, yeah but yeah, it's basically yeah. the guy wants to fix it, and this guy, he's a lovely guy. He's trying to fix it. And yeah. he, he's talking with his friends or something. He's just like, and she's, it's not really working, mm. and she's, and she's just like getting exhausted by him. Mm. And it's like you just need to sit there, nod your head, and go, okay, honey, I understand. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. And then th- all she wants is that support. And so I think it's the same what you're hearing here. You don't have to fix it. You just need to be there for them. Be there for them. Yeah, exactly that. Mm. And and um, just to backtrack around the nail in the head. Yeah, yeah. So it's this YouTube video. My husband sent it to me because it's hilarious and relatable to our conversations. It's like there's a nail in a girl's head and the Mm -hmm. boyfriend's like – she's like complaining about her headache. She's like, oh, but like I have this headache and I don't know where it's come from. And he's like – it's because there's, there's a nail, nail in your head. Your head. Yeah. And then she's like, you're just not listening. Like, I just I just want you to – like, and it was just so funny because he's in the world of, hey, I can solve this in like one solution, which mm. she's like, I just want you to listen to me. And I'm like, that's exactly how it is even with girlfriends. Like, mm. um, yeah, so I, I think for me backtracking would be – number one advice is knowing that it can be scary being vulnerable or um, setting a new tone in your school or with your friends, but knowing that – I guarantee someone else that you know is going through something similar. Um, it, it's going to shift and change the game. Um, 100%. And yeah. yeah, you know, you can get us into a, into your school as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, talking to your year level coordinator or the principal, and again, that's scary too. Going up to a teacher that you may not know as well, but that that's also um, another another. Yeah, and difference. as we mentioned, like obviously you guys are doing online events in there. Mm. There's lots of companies out there. There's the yes. equivalent, I think, is it Man Cave or something? Yes. Which is like the equivalent of what we're talking about for men. Yes. I want to get him on as well. He's awesome. Um, Hunter or something. Yeah. It's and then there's <laughs> there's the company I just said, Empower You, mm. which was Brent. He came on episode 32. Yeah. Like there's so many companies out there where you can get extra education around yeah. all this sort of stuff, really important stuff that, mm. as everyone knows, I think we should be learning in school. Yes. The fact that we have to bring in other companies and entrepreneurs have to start this stuff up. Mm. And not the government who have billions of dollars to help yeah. do this is mind boggling mm. to me, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. And yeah, I think, you, and there's a lot of power. Yeah. I've had, sure. I've had students because I want to start speaking at schools next year. Awesome. I've had students like mm. reach out to me and ask me to come in and they're like, they've asked their teachers to like bring me in and stuff. And it's yeah. like, you can do that. If there's someone you admire, it could yes. be, could be if that people are liking what you said or mm. if you're in America or another country, country there's going to be companies around you if you just do some Googling. Yes that you can try bring into your schools. And that's a great skill. If you can bring them in just by talking to teachers, it might take a few months of going to mm-hmm. teachers, figuring out what do we have to do in order to do this? Okay, they charge yeah. $10 a head. Yeah. All right, how do I get ten- how do I convince everyone to get $10 from their parents or whatever yeah. it is? I think that's a really good skill. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And yeah, it's it's all very exciting. Yeah. It's so different to when I was at school. I know. <laughs> I think it's so exciting. Like There's so much yeah. potential out there. And obviously, information is, there's no shortage of information. Mm. There's all the stuff online yes like there's just so much you can be doing to try um better yourself improve yourself mm. um but i guess actually a question i'm getting a lot lately has been mm. from people this is i can answer this but i want to hear your thoughts as mm. well it was basically just buying like school holidays that are coming up they're mm. like i want to learn stuff what do you recommend i learn oh and so i was kind of like oh my god that's, that's a, a big, big question question yeah. Even i'm like whoa <laughs> yeah i was like well communication leadership skills but then i was like yeah. there's even simple skills like i think video editing photo editing and like basic design skills mm. are going to come in handy yeah. for a lot of jobs like yes. if you can do canva well that's pretty valuable yeah like a lot of companies will be like oh you know canva you, you can do design that's a really good skill totally. to have yeah um but yeah what were your thoughts on yeah well that? it's it's so funny because um my husband and I were having this conversation the other day and he's like, oh, when we have kids, like a really good skill to have is coding. Yeah, it is. 100%. Yeah. It's yeah, a really yeah, good skill yeah. He said that. I was like, oh, wow, yeah. And it was so cool. So the school that we went to last week, um, we had to clear out the room because there was these little girls coming in to learn how to code. Girls for coding? There's a company that Oh, I don't know if it's called Girls for Coding. But- there's a company in Australia that specializes in teaching girls how to code. 
I can't remember what the name oh, is. Oh, is it um, Code Like a Girl? Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're awesome. They do awesome stuff. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. That's a really good skill yeah. I have. Yeah, so that's like a practical thing in terms of work. But I think honestly, it can be as simply as spending time with yourself. Hmm. I think like one thing, especially when you're young and when I was young, I never thought of like spending time with myself. Like spending time with myself would be spending time with friends hmm. or spending time with my sister because I've was i I've been, I'm always been very close to my older sister. But Actually, like, buying a journal from Kmart, which is, like, $5, yeah. might be cheaper. And there's pretty ones. I'm a sucker for pretty journals. Yeah, yeah. Sitting down and just learning to journal out your thoughts. I think girls have a superpower with learning how to write. They they just know how. You give them a pen and paper, they mm. will write till the cows come home. It is the biggest thing we see in our workshops. So I think journaling out, like, how you're feeling, what you're doing today, it's just such a great foundational skill. Like, I think I if I if that's the one thing you do this summer, that's awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah, and yeah. also like imagine when you're 30 and you can look back on when you were 15 journaling. Like yes. that's so valuable. So valuable. Th- so valuable. I think Matthew McConaughey. Sorry, he just wrote a book mm. called like Green Light, and he went away into the mm. desert and he had 30 years worth of journals. And he went through 30 years of wow. his journals, and so he's been journaling since he's like 20, and now he's 50 or something. Yeah, and that's how he wrote his book. He went through his journals and told us use that to write his stories. Because I forget what I did last week. Me too. And so, and I've been you flipped I've, through your journal. Yeah, I've been <laughs> I've started journaling like three months ago. So I good. use an app on on my iPad, mm. so it's all kept there. Nice. Um, but it's really cool. You can go through and you can have a look. Oh, mm. that's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, I was happy here. I was I was sad here. Yeah. And so it's really cool. Yeah. And it's like, so true. Once again, I think it's a habit we should be building in at school, even in like roll call. Yes. Like it's like, hey, let's just journal for five minutes or something. Yeah. Little stuff like that. Yeah. And it's amazing just the wisdom that girls have already, and it's like. It's just in them and they haven't unlocked it yet. Mm. And I think journaling is such a great thing because they are fully away from everyone else. They're with themselves. And, you know, it's asking yourself questions like, oh, what are you proud of? What are you struggling with? Um, What do I want to do when I'm older? And, like, knowing that it's okay to not know as well. Like, yeah. that's okay because there's an inquiry in that and be like, oh, cool, okay, that's something I can discover. What do I love? What am I pulled to? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What do my f- friends say about me that really stand out? Like, you know, who am I for the people in my life? It's asking all these reflective questions. And, um, yeah, and I think there's, like, so much power in that. Absolutely. Mm. And I think what you just said there was it kind of linked back to the imposter monster we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Like, they've got all this stuff in the head mm. and they're just scared to kind of put it out there. Yes. I think it's especially with women. Like, they've got so much potential in yeah. there. And it, like, breaks my heart when you see someone who's kind of not leveraging that potential. Yeah. I was actually, I've been listening to Julia Gillard's latest book, which is Women in Leadership. Oh, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, uh, it's, it, it's really good. I mean, yeah. I'm like uh, three quarters through. Mm. But she talks about this concept called, because we all know the glass uh, ceiling, right, for yes. women. Yeah. Um, she talks about a concept called the glass cliff. I don't know if you've oh, heard of that. No, I haven't. And it's basically... I might do a poor job of explaining this, but I'll see how it goes. It's basically like, say there's a big company that's mm-hmm. kind of going down. Mm. They'll bring in women as CEOs or board members to improve their company image. Mm. And then often these women will come in and the company will keep going down because it was on a downward trajectory. And the women will say yes to coming in because they don't get that many opportunities like this. So it's like, yes, I want to be a board director or a yeah. CEO. And then people will take these statistics like, oh, every time a woman joins a company, uh, it goes down. Interesting. And so it's like women aren't good leaders. Yeah. So, well, no, that's not actually the case. It's because yeah. of this thing called the glass cliff. Mm. And I was like, that is so fascinating. Wow. I haven't heard of that before. Yeah. But yeah. that really blew my mind. Wow. And so, I mean, there could be a whole conversation around, you know, women in leadership and stuff. Mm. But I know there's a, a stat. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on and advice to girls. And it was like, mm. I don't know the exact stat, you probably know it, but like women are, men are way more likely to get asked for promotion and mm. get it or something. Mm. Whereas women won't even, I don't know if they'll ask or they're less likely to get the promotion. Mm. And so why do you think that is? And like, what would you say to girls who are kind of in that position? Yeah, I think for me, it's really interesting because I, I think a lot about what has my lived experience been as a, a you know, a woman, I'm Australian, Sri Lankan. Mm. Um, what has that been like for me? And it's really interesting because once I left high school, again, I went to an all-girls school. I went into a career, which was speech pathology. It was predominantly women. Mm. And then I got into Flourish Girl, which right. is all yeah, women. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's really interesting because I feel like I can't speak to experiences where I've been discriminated around being a woman or being a woman of color because that's just been my experience. But I think I think it comes down to what we show girls, what girls discover in our workshops is that we can't 
um, we can't control the judgment of other people and that really getting that that's their stuff and that's what, you know, there's a world there that we can't see. There's so much going on beneath the surface. Mm. But how we can choose to show up is, you know, you can choose. Like you can choose how you want to view a certain situation. Is it, oh, I can choose to see the situation because of X, Y, and Z, or I can choose to see this as a little bump in the road and I'll find another way. So I my little motto is – um uh, what is it? Oh, yeah. It's it's like, um, oh, my God, I just lost it. It was so good. <laughs> it was at the tip of my tongue. Okay, what was it? What was it? It was, um, oh, yeah, my. it's like there's always a way. And one of my mentors, so. Um, especially in 2020. Oh, my God. Especially in 2020. Yeah. And even my one of my mentors, who's the CEO and founder of my modeling agency, Bella Management, um, her name's Chelsea Bonner. She's a huge advocate for Flourish Girl. I thought I said Bella Management. That's huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they um, they do amazing stuff, like super holistic. I love their values. Mm. Um, and she was saying, like, her way when she gets rejected is why not? Like, trying to lean into what was missing rather than taking it personally. And I think it's feedback almost. Yeah. It's kind of like it's, it's taking, not taking the heart out of it. I think it's taking the identity piece out of it. And I think it's like, oh, okay, cool. What's missing here? What can I do? What's missing? Um, and coming from that lens. Cause I think the reality is there's going to be people in this world. They're going to judge you. They're going to like push you down. And it's about how you choose to show up at the end of the day. And I think that is the biggest thing. And that comes from a solid foundation in knowing yourself, knowing your values, knowing who you are in the world. And that comes mm. back to journaling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and asking yourself those important questions. 100%. Yeah. And it is it is like a muscle, you know. For me, I think I am still dealing with learning how to get rid of my people pleaser. Like it mm. stops me so much, you know, it can, you know, I'm like, oh, whoops, I didn't say that because I was worried about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But it's the awareness piece that's the biggest thing. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Like this is so much bigger than this roadblock. I'm the same. Yeah. I will, I'm not people pleaser, but I have, I'm such a yes man. Like yeah. you know that Jim Carrey movie? Yes. That's literally me. I say yeah. yes to everything. Yeah. Any opportunity, even if I don't have time, I'll be like, yes, because I'll find time or something. Yes. And it's, I think it's been great for me, but mm. it's also quite detrimental yes. because you'll say yes to things and you won't actually have time and then you have that awkward conversation and it's like, I should have just said no from the beginning. 100%. And they, then they wouldn't have minded. It's like, yeah. hey, sorry, I'm a bit too busy. That's fine. I'll move on. Yeah. But I'll say yes and then it just goes crap or whatever. Yeah. And so that's something I'm self I'm aware of and I've mm. got to say no more often. Yes. And I think a lot of people need to say yes more often. Mm. And so you've got to figure out where you sit. Yes. If you're in a good in between, then great. But if you're saying no too often or yes too often or you're a people pleaser, yeah. And I think there's like Myers-Briggs tests and stuff that yeah, you can, but you can just do. be self-aware and notice stuff that you're doing Yes, in your life. Yeah. And journaling is a great way to do that. Journaling is a great way to do it. And it's simple, you know, it's affordable, especially for teens, you know, like they can't afford like a, a program that's, I don't know, X amount of dollars. Like yeah. it's, it's things like, and that's what I love about our programs. We use what's already in the group. Like we just bring some pens and papers and post-it notes and it's all already there. So I mm. think that's what I love about it. It's bringing the simplicity back into like, um, into like learning more about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Manny, this has been an amazing conversation. I know. But before we wrap up, yes. Um, I ask every guest this question. Ooh. Um, what would your number one piece of advice be for the younger generation? Mm. Doesn't have to be anything we've spoken about. It can be whatever you like. Oh my gosh, that gonna, is so hard. Feel okay. free to have a few. We can talk okay, about this. Okay, for a okay, bit. okay, okay, okay. I think for me, it would definitely be. Find your own flavor in life. Mm. You know, I think it, I speak from my experience in high school, which I've talked about before is I saw, I kept looking around and I looked around to make decisions. And it's actually about pausing, like closing your eyes and looking within and listening to like what feels right for you. And I think it's, it's shifting, shifting that comparison mentality and looking within and spending more time with yourself. I Mm. think that's like, my number one piece of advice, just spending more time with yourself. Do you know how many people give that advice on this podcast? Like yeah. the amount of times on this podcast that it comes up yeah. saying we need to spend more time with ourselves is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Like anyone who listens to multiple episodes would see this as a very heavy linking theme. Totally. Everyone's less like, you know, we've got to spend more time with ourselves. We've got to be able to be comfortable to sit yeah. without our phone yeah. for 10 minutes. Yeah. We've got to be comfortable doing this or doing this just yeah. by yourself. Yeah. And I know it's, it's, what does that even mean? Do you mean like literally sitting by yourself with no technology? Do you oh. mean, like, what do you mean by that? I mean, it could look so different for everyone. And that's part of fly, finding your own flavor. It could be different. Like it could be, you know, whether you go out in nature or sit at a park or, you know, maybe it's turning off your phone or yeah. maybe it's, um, 
you know, in your bedroom listening to relaxing music. Maybe it's like lighting a candle and lying down and or maybe it's having a bath or whatever it is. It's being okay with spending time with yourself. Mm. Um, and again, like you'll find that. Those are things that work for me, but you'll find your – it's trusting that you'll know the solution. Yeah, a good well. one that I actually find because I really struggle with this. Yeah. Despite the fact I tell people to do it, I always struggle with it as well. <laughs> oh, no, me too. <laughs> um, because I was in Canberra la- – I came home from Canberra last night, which is a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Crazy. Sometimes I'll just sit without any music. I'll be listening to music and I'll just like mm-hmm. hit stop and I'll just sit there for like 20 minutes without any, and I'll just have my own thoughts yeah. and I'll just be thinking about all this different stuff. And I actually mm-hmm. love that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's actually a good time because I can't go on my phone while I'm driving. Yeah. So there's that like kind of environment means I can't, is, you can, when you're driving, you can listen to like music or an mm-hmm. audio book or a podcast mm-hmm. or you can sit in your own thoughts. And so for me, that's a great time to do it because yeah. I'm not very disciplined. So if I want to sit, you know, sit by myself and think, I can just grab my phone. Yes. But when you're driving, you don't have the opportunity. Yeah. So maybe that's an idea for someone out there if you want yes. to try and improve this. When yeah. you're driving, just switch off. Don't have any music and just be with your own thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, like, and it's and trying to bring your girlfriends on the journey. I mean, I'm speaking directly to teen girls, but like, you know, if you generally want to try something new, like you want to learn to check in, like on our website, we have a section in our resource section, which is the Flourish Girl Check-In. And it just helps you to language out like how you're feeling, what are you mm. grateful for, what are you looking forward to? If you just sit down with your girlfriend and be like, hey, I actually want to try something different. I'd yeah. love to just, you know, go deeper. Like you can do that as well. Like it's taking your friends on the journey as well. So it's a bit so of like important. a gather and scatter approach. Like you're scattered away doing your own thing, but you also want to share with other people, what you're getting, what you're learning about yourself, because it's from that you'll start to shift and change culture. Yeah, and like because yeah. I'm quite extroverted, I need that. I need people like that yeah. to kind of to be accountable and everything. Yeah, and like even example Brent, who I mentioned, who runs a power you when he was like 18 or 19, mm. when him and his mate were starting that company mm. every Wednesday for like 12 weeks straight, they would link up and they would interview each other to improve so their interviewing skills. Oh wow! And so one, they'd, cool. for, they'd spend an hour and they'd record it, then they'd watch it and see mm. what they were doing wrong and stuff. Wow! Just little stuff like that. Yes. that you know, they'd have masterminds every every Monday. I write write up my goals with people in the office, mm. and then I've got another team of people that just friends that we yeah. just keep. We we have our weekly goals, and if we don't get those goals done, yeah. I got to pay money and there's accountability yeah. and there's yeah. like a consequence. 100%. And so by having that environment and having people around you. And I think you would find if you went to anyone, if your friend had said, hey, I want to do this, mm. who, not many people would say no, I feel like. Yeah. Like I think everyone secretly wants to do it, but it just might not be cool. Yes. 100%. And so by facilitating that, you know, giving them that opportunity where yes. they can just say yes. Yeah. And I think it's like even if, if – and it's similar to that realization I had when I was leaving speech pathology. It was like just because no one else is doing it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do yeah. it. And I think that is so huge and I'm really – I'm really grateful that I listened to the music. You know, I trusted God. I had faith in believing mm. that, okay, this journey is going to look different and I'm just going to trust that. I think there's no, there's no course that can st- allow you to learn how to stop, pause and trust whatever that yeah. music is telling you within. Cause we all have that, you know, trust your intuition, all that language that's out there. I think yeah. that's, that's something that is so powerful. And also like you're 24 when you started the company. Like, mm. did you have a home? Like, you, I don't know if you're dating your hu- husband yeah, now. Yeah, but like, was, yeah, it was, yeah. we didn't have that much going on. So the risk reward, it was like, I can drop out. I can stop working now. And I'm, you know, I'm just rent- renting. I don't have many expenses. I don't have kids to look after. Yeah. So as young people, this is where we can really take our advantage. It's 100%. like, get in now. Yeah. Because if, you know, shit hits the fan. You yeah. can just move home or you can, you don't have, you don't have kids to look after. You don't have a mortgage. So you don't have a car loan. Yeah. So it's like, now's the best time to do this stuff That's because it. when you're 35 or 40, it's going to be way more difficult. Yeah. And I think in that as well is, um, for me, when I, I took that leap of faith and I changed careers, I had to learn to share that with my family, like what I was doing and educating mm. them and bringing them on the journey because it's important that the people who are your, you know, sole cheerleaders, your family, your close friends, that they know what, you're up to and what you're trying to do because then they also feel like they're winning. So like even now, like that was a process for me. My husband was the one that encouraged me to share more because I was like, oh, I don't want to like, I don't want to brag. I don't want to be too much, which is another whole thing. I had that problem as well. Yeah. But then what I realized, I'm like, oh, no, wait, like they're my family. They're my close friends. They love me and they want to see me win. So Mm. 
I need to share this. So I think it's it's such an important thing. And I think that's something girls really struggle with to share the wins because they're like, oh, I don't want to be cocky. I don't want to be egotistical. It's an Australian thing as well. 100%. Tall poppy syndrome. Tall pop- yeah, that's like, exactly I, what we share. I'm exactly the same. I've been saying, because whenever I meet people when you know, that first thing you say, so what do you do? Like, yeah. just by nature, of I say, oh, I have a podcast. Everyone's like, whoa. What's yeah. that? And I feel like I always talk about myself. And I'm like, I want to know more about you. And yeah, I, it's like, oh, spotlight. Get yeah, away yeah, from yeah. Me. yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. tell me a bit about you. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm just studying at uni or something. I'm like, oh, how's that going? Oh, it's fine. And then they go, oh, but so who do you have on yeah. the show? Who's the show for? Like, yeah, how's it going? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Which is great. And it's really cool. Yeah. But I often feel that kind of tall poppy syndrome. Like, I don't want to hear, be bragging or that's like it. taking up too much time. Mm. And then it's the same with social media. I had um, Sachin, who I had on, we both have a podcast and mm. often put out a lot of Instagram stories around it and stuff. Yeah. And he was just like, you know, sometimes I think am I being annoying by putting out this content and stuff. But then I think mm. about what other people post and it's just like them having a drink at a bar yeah. or they're just like a boomerang, a, a, you know, a wine glass yeah. or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> I I'm at, oh yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> but it's like, we're actually trying to put out value. And it's just totally. like, and that was a great mindset shift mm. for me because I sometimes feel annoying when I'm putting up all this stuff, mm-hmm. especially the past two weeks, the podcast at the top charts and I was sharing it and then my parents shared it. And I was like, yeah. am I being like cocky here? I don't want to be bragging or anything. Yes. But, um, yeah, so that's something I struggle with as well, and I think yeah. all of a lot of Australia does. Yep, so true, so true. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. But before we finish up, if anyone wants to find out about you, Flourish yeah. Girl, if they want to try bring you to the school. Where's the best place to go and connect? Yeah, so good. Okay, so um, if you're wanting to get us into your school, the best thing is to go to our website, so www.flourishgirl.org. Um, or if you want to just, like, be up to date with what we're doing, we're always up to really epic stuff, you can follow us on Instagram, which is flourishgirl underscore, or um, – you can follow us on TikTok, which I just made today. Yeah. We've got zero followers, zero following. Um, but um, I think the URL for that is this Flourish Girl so underscore. It's just, and I'll have all the links below. But it's just Google Flourish Girl. Yeah. Um, if they want, if they want to reach out to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, definitely I'm on Instagram. So Mandy Dante underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have TikTok, but it's embarrassing. So yeah, yeah. you don't need to look at that. But that's Mandy Dante. I think underscore as well. Um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram the most. Yeah. Awesome. So, so just DM you over there. Just DM me slide me a dm yeah yeah awesome well mandy thank you so much for coming on the show thank you for having me and um yeah exciting times (laughs) that's it for this episode of the driven young podcast thank you so much for listening to the entire episode that means the world to me and if you got some value out of it please shoot me a message on instagram or reach out to me or i would love for you to leave a rating or review on this podcast so make sure you are subscribed and i look forward to seeing you on the next episode